Welcome to the Fan Engagement Podcast by Genius Sports. I'm your host, Megan Kane. We'll chat with leaders from leagues, brands, teams, and broadcasters about different ways to engage fans and grow your organization. Today, I'm chatting with Grant Cohen, who will walk us through fan engagement in its most radical form, where fans control the action. Take a listen. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Fan Engagement Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me this Tuesday. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I see you got your hair and makeup done. I well looks great. I did. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to be on camera without looking beautiful. People say I have a face for podcasts, so uh, whatever I got to do to dress it up. Hey, you and me both, my friend. Again, thanks for joining me today. Um, I just wanted to kind of start off because you know you guys um, are a new and disruptive league. And I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you. So the thing I kind of want to know first is, you know, you guys pitched to investors. You secured $40 million in funding after your first season of fan-controlled football. Um, Give me the 30-second, you know, like elevator pitch on fan-controlled sports. Yeah, good question. Um, So the elevator pitch is interactive sports. Uh, We take the passion, uh, content, sort of broad mass appeal and excitement of live sports and we marry that with the digital engagement and monetization and interactivity that comes with video games. So the idea for fan-controlled sports is how do you build sports properties that are interactive sports uh, built for the future? There seems to be a lot going on at a fan-controlled <laughs> football game. There is. Just describe it to me. You know, like when you're stepping into a fan-controlled sports experience. What am I going to see? What am I going to hear? What what happens? You know, I'm a first time person showing up to one of these events. Yeah, sure. So the the parent company um, is actually called Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment, and I think that last part's important uh, because it's an entertainment experience. Yes, this is real life, action packed, high level elite athletes playing real sports, but it's also entertainment, uh, and um, we think that that we need to create an an environment where our audience, whether it's the live fans who walk in the building, that is, it's as the as the kids say, it's a vibe uh, in our building, uh, all the way through to you know person who's streaming on Twitch or using our app. We want it to be an entertaining experience. So, uh, the the venue itself uh, is this really awesome place uh, in Atlanta that we built out this last season. That um, it's an old sort of train warehouse that's been redone. Uh, that it's kind of exposed brick and like broken windows and graffiti. And I, honestly, the like we hired these set designers. They make like sets for like, you know, Justin Bieber and Coachella and stuff. Uh, and so our, our venue is really, it's a production studio. That's a set that has fans in it. Um, and my first time I went in, well, the first time I went in, uh, it was an empty building with a dirt lot next to it that looked like an abandoned warehouse that had, like no one had been in in like 50 years. I was like, you guys are effing crazy. What are you going to do here? Uh, and then the next time I went in when it was almost built out and it was like, Oh wow. Like, God, this is awesome. Like this is a really, really, it's a really, really cool place to watch a sporting event. Very small, very intimate. Um, uh, the, the, we, when we built it out, we love the idea that at uh, football games, the nicest seat in the house is a suite that at basketball games, the nicest seat in the house is a floor seat. So we built our seats on the, our suites on the floor. So like you can be in a luxury suite and literally like reach out and touch a player. 
which is not something you ever find in football uh, and makes for a very unique venue. Um, and then we really focus on the entertainment experience of it, right? We want our players to have a personality. This isn't the, you know, the NFL, some people joke it's the no fun league, right? You got to keep your helmet on. You get penalized for celebrating. Not in our league. We encourage it. Fans vote on the best celebration each week and the player wins a prize, right? Like we, we want, we want our players to showcase their personalities um, while still playing really awesome uh, elite level football. Uh, and then we make the whole thing interactive. So the entire concept, whether you're in the building or like I said, you're streaming on Twitch or watching an NBCLX or DAZN or Fubo, or you're uh, just using our app, is the idea that you have control, right? You as a fan, you're not just simply, you can just lean back and it's a great football and it's really entertaining, but you have the ability to lean in and actually be a part of it and make decisions for your team. Everything from picking the name and logo and jerseys through to drafting the players to on game day actually calling the plays in real time. So let's go back to the beginning, you know, of how how this idea came about because it's it's something that everybody's always thought of, you know, like I've read through your website, you know, you're sitting on your couch, you really want to tell the coach exactly what to do and you're frustrated, but I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone ever thought that they'd see it come to life. So take me back to that time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, we always do, there's four of us founders and we always like to debate whose idea it was. It was mine, like that. There is internet proof that I was the first person to write and talk about it. Absolutely, was my idea. But the real truth is every fan who's ever yelled at their TV, it's their idea. We're just, we just took that and brought it to life, right? That's all it is. Um, now, it's a lot of work to do that, but that's at, the, at the core of it, that's what the idea is. Uh, so for me, it started uh, a long time ago, <clears throat> like a decade and a half ago, sitting in a bar in New York. I went to uh, the U, University of Miami. I was there with a few buddies from college and we were watching a baseball game and uh, I'm not even a big baseball fan. And somehow we got onto the topic of, you know, what, what the coach or the manager had been doing and, you know, whether the fans do a better decision. And it was just one of those ideas you like talk about stupidly in a bar with buddies and you kind of get stuck in your head and you just can't forget about. Uh, so we had a blog, <clears throat> got um, picked up with SB Nation, got a little bit of traction, had some articles written about us. There was like a fun article in the New York Times about our kind of crazy idea and trying to go buy a minor league team. The economy went to hell in 2008. Uh, we all got busy lives, wives, kids. And um, uh, then in about 2016 or so, um, <clears throat> I'd always worked in the mobile app and game space. I'd started a company. We'd acquired another company. We were in the midst of sort of selling that combined company. And out of nowhere, I got a message uh, from this random guy who owned an arena football team uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, and he happened to also live in LA. I was literally getting a haircut at Floyd's on Melrose at the time. And uh, he DM'd me and said, Hey man, I, <clears throat> I read about your idea. I own this arena team. I want to turn it to a fan run team. And I was like, cool. Sounds like, a, sounds like fun about since, since like the original idea until then, the better part of a decade, like once a year, somebody would hit me up and say the same thing. They'd have read some old article. If you ever searched like fan run team, they'd find me. And it was always the same thing. I want to buy a team. I want to do this. And I was always like, cool. Sounds like a great idea. I'd love to help out. Let me know when you get a team. And I'd never hear back from. And this is the first person who called and was like, no, I don't know. Like I, I own a team right now that I'm going to do this with. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. All right. And it was football, which I'm a much bigger football fan. I was interested in. We literally met two hours later in downtown LA. Bromance immediately ensued. We became the besties of friends. Uh, he had a third co-founder that was, uh, uh, or he had another co-founder who was a good friend of his from a previous company. Um, and we all came together. Uh, and then we were like three, like tech nerds 
So we needed someone from like the football world. Um, we basically called and talked to every person we possibly could from the, that we could like network with in the NFL world. Uh, we finally had lunch with this guy named Tony Parrish, who was an old DB in the NFL uh, in Venice. Uh, and we sat down and before the appetizer even served, we'd like pitched our idea to him. And he was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. You guys are idiots. Nobody will ever play in this league. No players ever going to let fans call their plays. This is a terrible idea. But I've got this dude I played with in Chicago at the Bears named Ray Austin. And he's been telling me the same dumb shit for years. And he even tried to build his own app and he has no idea what he's doing. You should go talk to him. Uh, and so we got on a call with Ray. And at first it was kind of like Ray's like, no, 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 I'm doing this. And we're like, no, 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 we're doing this. And then by like the second call, it was like, no, 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 like, let's just do this together. This is way better if we all work together. Uh, and so the four of us became fast friends. And, uh, uh, and, I, and then we were off to the races, if you will. It was just a long, slow run from there. Uh, but that's, that's how it first came together. So really it was all of us had had the idea separately and sort of, you know, thanks to the power of the internet, we're able to come together uh, relatively quickly. And uh, I think a very good complimentary founding team together. So let's talk a little bit about those fans. Who are they? And, you know, when did they, when did the first influx of fans kind of come to watch fan controlled football and to engage with fan controlled football? Cause you know, that first season you didn't have them in the building. So when did you see that influx of fans and, you know, what do you know about them? Who are they? Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's been a few different waves. It's interesting. I, I, I can point to very clear moments um, throughout the course of this business that have been interesting. The very first game we played in Salt Lake City, um, we didn't know, right? Like, we, we had a team there. We've been selling tickets. But, like, tickets are not expensive to arena games. You do a lot of, like, two-for-ones, BOGOs, they call them. Um, you don't really know who's going to show up. It's like, you know, a random saturday night in salt lake city oh there's a lot of the things you could be doing in february you know you get a snowstorm and nobody shows up and we were playing in a pretty good it was like a nine thousand seat arena and it had kind of three levels and i remember standing up at the top level it's a couple hours before game time and it's like it's like an hour or two but like it's, a, it's a decent amount of time before game time and i had kind of these big huge windows and i was walking down the thing and i turned and i looked out the windows and there's like a sea of cars pulling into the parking lot and i remember being like what the fuck are these people here for and i was like wait a minute they're here for us like they're here to watch like this is this is this is what's going on tonight. They're not isn't some there's not like a Taylor Swift concert here. Like they are coming to watch this. And it was really cool. And uh, you know, that we were nearly sold out. I, mean, I think we technically were a sellout, but it was, you know, at almost capacity that first night. And it was awesome to have the fans show up. And and so those were really local fans, right? Initially. Then we got a bit of virality and we started getting more of a, you know, the, the streaming fans obviously weren't all in Salt Lake City. It was a lot of people from all around the world uh, that I thought think just thought this is interesting. Then we launched our own league. Our first initial announcement was in August or September of 2020 that we were coming. Um, and we did a, a whole content video with Quavo um, from Migos is one of our team owners. And it, it got picked up, went a little viral. All of a sudden, he, like the video he posted got, I don't know, you know, at this point, I don't remember what it was, but probably a couple million views or something like that. And we were like, oh my God, like a million people know about this league. Like, this is crazy. And then, and then we signed Johnny. Uh, so, uh, one of our owners, Bob Mentory, um, is a good friend of mine, uh, was like, look, you need, we need a star in this league. He was pals with Johnny Manziel. He's like, you got to get Johnny. He's the man. Um, but Johnny is Johnny's Johnny. I love Johnny, but, uh, Johnny isn't necessarily the most, uh, uh, on time, uh, person, if you will. Uh, and so I had to go out and we also didn't know if he could like still play. Like no one's seen him play football in a couple of years. We're like, I mean. I love the idea of bringing Johnny Manziel in, but what if he's trash? Like, what if he's complete garbage? That's not a good look for our first player in our league that we signed to be terrible. So I went out to Arizona. He was, he was living in Scottsdale at the time, and Bob was out there. 
and we set up like a training thing and we went and like, I didn't know what to expect. I never met Johnny before. We literally, our first meeting was in a, was in a nightclub or a bar and in, uh, in Scottsdale in the middle of pandemic. Now in like, there were, I don't know where you live, but like different parts of the you know country reacted differently. Scottsdale and Phoenix didn't give a shit about the pandemic. Um, I lived in Los Angeles in a place where it really, people really gave a shit. Like I hadn't been anywhere. I used to, and I, you know, prior to that traveled a ton, hadn't been anywhere in, you know, close to a year, mask on everywhere. And so all of a sudden here I am in like a nightclub in Phoenix with people who the pandemic didn't exist for them as far as they were concerned. Um, and, uh, and we ended up hanging out that, uh, for a couple of days we did, uh, we brought some guys in. And we did a like you know uh, kind of a, I don't know, a a pro day if you will, and Johnny can still spin it. He still had an arm. He can still fire it. Um, he still enjoys himself and has a good time when he's not in the field. Uh, but he was great. We got some great content. And I think at that moment I sort of knew like, all right, this is going to be something. And a couple of weeks later, when we announced him, that was like the first like, oh shit, like major spike. And all of a sudden, website visits and registrations. I don't think we had our app live yet, but like, boom, like it spiked up and. So our fans are very much what you would think the fan would be who would come to us after reading an article on ESPN.com that Johnny Manziel is playing in this new league, right? It is mostly males, 18 to 35, love football, love gaming, love the idea of it, uh, of being in control and the interactivity and, and want that lean forward experience, like the fun, like the entertainment that folks like Johnny bring to the game. Um, that was our first big moment. And then certainly uh, our first game day, um, which was which was a really like cool experience, right? After you know having done the team in Salt Lake, but then it'd been years since then, you know, a couple of years of building uh, for this. And again, you don't know what's gonna happen. Like you turn the lights on, you go to play. Is anyone gonna come show up and watch? Like, are you gonna get like are you gonna get ten thousand viewers, fifty thousand viewers, five hundred thousand, a million? Like who the hell knows? Um, we ended up, I think it was like seven hundred and fifty thousand or something live views our first game day night, and we, I, yeah, we were very excited about those numbers. Uh, Marshawn was in the building and he, after a couple of shots of Hennessy had decided that he was in a suit up and play. And he had this kind of crazy viral moment that, you know, sort of semi broke the internet for the night of him suiting up and then some crazy commentary. It was, it was a wild night, just an absolutely insane. I mean, again, you put so it's, I'm used to working in tech, ad tech things where like you build a business and you have ups and downs, ups and downs, but you, you know, if it's going well, it's generally, I'm flipping on the camera, it's generally going up and to the right. Right or 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 not or you know flatlines the business doesn't work out but it's over the course of time. It's very unique being in this business where you can spend years building it, and you've got four hours, right? Like two games over four hours, and you find out if it worked or not. It's not like oh and that was a little setback and oh get it back no 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 like you know this shit works or it doesn't, uh, and you have a very limited window to execute on, and so you can imagine the like tension and angst as you're building into it. Matt didn't sleep for the entire week before our first game. Um, and, uh, and then when it worked, it was like, Oh my God, like, Oh, that's amazing. But as I've said, this business highs and lows, our first week was amazing. And we told everyone, we planned it with our numbers for our first week of the season. Hey, look, we're going to see a spike week one. There's going to be sampling. This is going to be crazy and different. It's going to drop down week two. It's going to be low week three, week four, but we need to make sure that what we do is we build back up every other sports league that We'd seen the AAF, the last version of the XFL, it all had great opening numbers and their numbers drop over the course of the season, right? By the end of the season, they have lower viewership than they had at the beginning. And we were, I come from like a mobile gaming and app background where it's the opposite. If you have less people using your game or app seven, eight weeks after it launched than it, when it came out, you are fucked, right? Like it should be the other way around. You should be retaining those initial users and adding new ones, right? You're not going to retain everybody, but those numbers need to be going up. 
Uh, and it actually, it's incredible. Our, our first season, the numbers were almost exactly what we projected as like the growth curve for the business. And by the end of the season, I think we did over a million viewers at the championship game and had a great ending and was super exciting. And we saw really good acquisition that whole time. And then we had a lull in the off season, um, as is you know, to be expected with sports leagues. Uh, and then last season certainly saw a similar trajectory and, um, uh, from acquisition engagement when we announced TO. So last season we signed, Johnny came back, but then we also saw, we also brought Terrell Owens in. Um, and so similarly, we announced him a couple weeks before the season uh, that drove a big spike in acquisition. And then the start of the season and all the way through, I will say, I think we had more consistent metrics last year in terms of not seeing a huge spike drop off, but like really consistently growing throughout the course of the season, uh, particularly on the viewership side. Uh, and uh, in app and t- retention side, which was you know, very promising for the business and leads us to where we are now, which is we need to be in season more. Like we can't be in season for a month or two and then out of season for eight or nine months. We need to be in season for a uh, uh, more consistent time, uh, which is why we've announced that we're doing fan controlled hoops. So in 2023, we will play football. We'll take a very short break and we will come back with basketball. And then we've got a ton of other stuff up our sleeve um, for fan controlled sports and, and entertainment of things that our fans are going to be able to control and do. Uh, that will you know hopefully keep us in season and keep our fans uh, giving them something to like actually do you know the rest of the year. So you're adding hoops, you know, making making it the engagement period a little bit longer. But what else is up your sleeve? Anything that you can share? Um, I can't say yet because fans haven't voted. They're going to have to vote and decide on what we do. Um, what I will say is there are a ton of other sports and entertainment um, properties that could very easily be fan controlled. Um, that I think are really exciting. So whether that's um, sports like, like you've seen like the match on uh, on TNT, the golf match. How cool would it be if we did a match that was fan controlled, right? Where like our fans got to pick the clubs and the players and whether they laid up or they went for it. And we added our own, you know, fan controlled sports entertainment kind of fairy dust on top, right? It was more fun and a little more lively, if you will, uh, of an experience. And, you know, and opportunities are just kind of limitless and it's kind of exciting, but it also might be a little bit overwhelming. But if you've got your fans to help you decide, you know. I say to a lot of people, I think the challenge for us is um, is not like when you have a startup, sometimes, um, sometimes the challenge is competition. And we may have some of that uh, as we grow. We'll certainly see more of it. Sometimes the challenge is market, right? Is, is the market right? Is it big enough? Is it a big enough opportunity that you're swinging for that becomes interesting? Sometimes it's do you have the right team? And sometimes, a lot of times, and particularly this business, it's can you execute? Like that's what it comes down to for this business. I am not concerned about the market opportunity in sports globally is so massive. The team that we have is so awesome. The traction that we've had has been great. It really comes down to can we execute? And, and part of that is don't do too much, right? You can't boil the ocean. You got to pick your spots. You got to choose the things that are right. I think the beauty of our business is that we do have our fans, our consumers are part of that decision-making process. Um, Not to say that they're always right. right? Sometimes they're wrong, just like all of us are. Uh, But uh, it's not like every pass play that they've ever called has been a touchdown. Uh, Sometimes there's interceptions. It happens. Um, But I do think it helps give us a leg up uh, in terms of uh, the decision-making we make being in line with our customer base because our customers are literally making the decision. Takes me into my closing question. Five years from now, where are we at with fan-controlled sports and entertainment? Oh, man. Uh, well, assuming we execute and we do a good job, uh, I think we're in a world where there's fan-controlled 
sports and entertainment running year round, right? Whether it's baseball, basketball, football, there may be as different versions of seasons and teams across the world. Um, uh, and fans are truly empowered to really be a part of this sort of ongoing game experience, uh, a mechanic where they're really, they really call the shots for their team. I think that's really at the end of the day, the thing that we're trying to get to is democratizing the management and running of a sports team. Uh, and I think if we do a good job, uh, I'm confident there is a lot of fans who want to participate in that. Uh, so if we if we execute, hopefully fan-controlled sports year-round and all sorts of different crazy stuff you can be a part of anytime you want, day or night, rain or snow. All of the things, all at once. All the things, all at once. That's the fun. Awesome. Well, Grant, I thank you again for joining us today. I've, I really appreciated it. Um, and yeah, had a had a great time learning about the journey that has become, you know, fan-controlled sports. Well, thank you. It was awesome. Thanks for having us. That wraps up today's episode of the Fan Engagement Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Megan Kane. Until next time.